Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn over, if you would, please, to the book of First or Second Corinthians. And in Second Corinthians, I must have left my glasses over there. I don't know. If, I don't think I brought them. I believe God. I believe I can preach without them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, if you, if you have it, say amen. amen. All right. If you don't have it, say, give me a break. <laughs> amen. I want to minister tonight on the power of a cry for mercy. And I want to say right up front that this is not, that's it. Thank you, doctor. Uh, this is not a... a a license to sin or what someone would call greasy grace. As a matter of fact, there is no such thing as greasy grace. Grace is good. All of it's good. And how many know we all need it? In this verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, only one verse, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. Now, the Bible says he's the father of mercies. His mercies, the, the Old Testament says, are new every morning. It says his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And so tonight, I want to minister on something that I believe will help us. God's a God of power. He's a God of uh, anger. He's a God of might. Uh, but he's also, besides all those powerful and awesome things, he's the father of of uh, mercies. Now, people in the world really don't hear too much about mercy. And I was raised in church, and I really didn't hear a whole lot about mercy. I heard a lot about judgment. And we know that God is a judge, and we know we're going to have to stand before God, give account to God. But we're not at the great white throne. We're at the judgment seat of Christ. And so it's there that we'll be judged according to our works. But if you have your scripture there and you'd like to look at this one verse of scripture that is found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. And it just outlines there in those verses what we were like before we met Jesus Christ. And it says in Ephesians 2 and 1, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, thank God, in being rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he, which he loved us. So here in this scripture, there is an outline of where we came from and God has extended to us his grace and his mercy. There are so many people today that are burdened down with their past. They are tormented with guilt and condemnation and accusation in the trials of life and they're doing really well until there's an opportunity for God to do something wonderful in their life and if the enemy can, he'll step in and he'll try to stop or block the promise from being fulfilled. 
And so God who is rich in mercy, the Bible says, Jesus was made like unto us, his brothers, that he might be a merciful high priest because he was tempted in all points like as we. And the Bible says in Hebrews, watch this now, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's found in Hebrews 4 and 16. Now, if you understand the mercy of God, there's a wonderful opening for us. First of all, if you understand the mercy of God, you will come boldly to God. The second thing is we're not afraid to give our lives and everything we have to God because we know him as a merciful God. In the Old Testament, they would sing songs of mercy. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and 13, they would sing these songs of mercy. And when they began to sing, it would attract the presence of God. And so as they sang and they over and over, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The, the mercy of the Lord, it endures forever. You know what happened? The Bible says that the glory of God came down and filled that temple. A church needs to be a place where people can experience and be filled with the message of God's mercy. It's a powerful thing. Wherever you see miracles, wherever you see people in their relationships heal, wherever people are stepping out to believe God for bigger and better things, there's a revelation there of the God of mercy. Something wonderful begins to happen. Oh, there's so many people that are broken that come into church. Many of them, they've been divorced. They've been bankrupt. They've had all kinds. Some of them are sick. Some are, are, have a, a negative report from a doctor. And as they come into that church and they're beat up by the devil, there's something that they need to hear, something that will release their faith is to hear of the mercy of God. There's a danger when we begin to think that we earn it. Something ugly happens to us when we win all the time. And when we believe, well, we really do deserve to be healed. I've been good. I've been tithing. I've been in church. I haven't done anything wrong. I deserve and that God owes us. Uh, and I'm not a mean person. I believe that everybody ought to get a break. And, and God, you really ought to heal me. Wherever I've seen people heal, there's something of... Uh, God's mercy that dawns upon them. That we don't get healed just because we're, we're uh, faithful. Church people are the hardest people sometimes to get healed. I know that sounds terrible. But this is why the other night, I believe it was, maybe it was in the morning, that I said, who's here for the first time and you'd like to pray for, uh, you want to be healed? And most of the time, those folks will get their healing. Why is that? Because there's something in us that we feel we're justified and that God owes us. Now that we've been faithful, we've been with the work of God, we haven't failed in any area, we've done the best we can, why doesn't God heal me? I tell you tonight, we don't need justice, we need mercy. Amen. Amen. I was thinking today of a lady who uh, went and had her picture taken at a photographer and uh, she didn't care for the picture. She said, I want you to know, sir, this picture does not do me justice. And he said, ma'am, you don't need justice, you need mercy. <laughs> and it's, that's the way it is. Now, I want you to notice something. The devil is such a liar, 
he will deceive people into thinking that if they do this and that and they put it all together, they're going to get healing. There were, there were ten lepers. Now, watch this come to pass in the Scripture. And uh, let me first t talk about this man with the lunatic son. I have three examples I'm going to give you and then we're going to pray. That number one, God's miracles are in His mercy. I couldn't understand why so many people, Hindus, Muslims, Catholics, Protestants, all kinds of people would get healed. And I thought, God, why are, you know, these people, they don't know you, and yet you heal them. And there was a season I went through where I didn't believe anyone could get healed. I, for a, a period of two or three years, I didn't believe anyone could be healed unless they were saved. And then I began to see God heals people because God heals people. It's His nature to do that. So in Matthew 17, there's a man with a lunatic son. And Jesus has been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. When he comes down, they were down in that valley. And uh, this man came and he said, My son is possessed. He's lunatic. Sometimes a spirit casts him into the water and sometimes into the fire. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't help him. And, he, and then he said to Jesus, If you can do anything, have mercy on us. He didn't ask for justice. He didn't plead his case. He said, Give us mercy. Now, when it comes to healing or it comes to a breakthrough in your finances or a ministry, sometimes it's very easy for us to say, well, I can do this. I know I've been here. I've been faithful. I've seen many men, women go out in the ministry and basically believe that they can do this because of their good works. It doesn't work that way. If you can do anything, God, have mercy on us. The devil will tell you you're not worthy and that God wouldn't heal you and that you've tried and you've been prayed for and you can't be healed. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the devil is a liar. Amen. God doesn't heal us because we're good or because we're worthy. He heals us because of what Jesus did on the cross when he took our sickness. Hallelujah. And he does that out of his mercy. Mercy. Now there were 10 lepers. You know the story how these lepers, it was a dreaded disease, uh, probably like HIV. And these lepers had to be isolated, separated, and uh, distanced from everybody. They had to cry unclean. They had to stand downwind. They were outcasts. And when they came to Jesus, the Bible says that they cried out and they said, Jesus, have mercy. They didn't say, we've been good, we're suffering, we should be helped. He, they, said, we, we, they didn't say, we've lived a good life, we've never done anything wrong, we've followed it, but here we are in this condition. You know what's interesting to me is that in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about lepers, it talks about widows. And there were many lepers, there were many widows, but what's happened here is they did not have that element of faith. That simple, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Now, I've, wisdom won't die with any of us, but I'm going to tell you something. When they cried out for mercy, God heals on the basis of His love and His mercy. Amen. So the cry for mercy gets God's attention. Here's blind Martimaeus. The Bible says uh, he's sitting there. Here's the noise and all the racket and these people are talking and the crowd's coming his way. I can, I can see them now as they're coming. And when they get close to where blind Bartimaeus, he begins to pipe up and he begins to say, they said, who is it? I don't know. Who is it? It's Jesus. Oh, 
it's Jesus of Nazareth? Yeah. They began to hear a voice coming from over at the side. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus. And suddenly, with all that noise, he stops. He says, bring that man. There's many places in the Bible where they cried for mercy and heaven stopped. As he stopped, he said, bring that man. And suddenly the Bible says he was healed. Listen, God will heal a rank sinner who cries for mercy quicker than he'll heal a saint who's pleading how good he is. Quicker. Because there's something in that that moves the heart of God. Have mercy. Oh, many times I've been in a situation where I said, God, you've got to help me here. Have mercy on me. Help me. God, have mercy on me. I remember once when I was flying into the Democratic Republic of the Congo, into Kinshasa. And on that plane, there were several seats, and we could move around, and it was one of those big uh, uh, airplanes, 777, I believe. And I walked back by the restroom, and I saw a row of seats, and I just sat down there. There was another man over on my left. There just a couple of seats over. And he began to talk to me. We shared and talked, and we just talked about whatever we could think of, and we had a good time. And there, in, that, uh, in that meeting, he asked me, now don't be, don't be upset or offended here. Just give me a break and let me preach, okay? All right. He said, how do you see Obama? I said, you know what? Most of the time I would debate that. But the Spirit of God stopped me and checked me. And I said, well, we'll just see what happens in Afghanistan at that time we were there. And we'll see what happens with the economy and so forth. And I didn't say anything because I was checked. I was checked. And I, we got, he said, well, you and I believe pretty much alike, don't we? I said, yeah, I believe we do. And I got off the plane. But when I got into immigration, I did not have a yellow fever vaccination. And they caught me. Now, that's not fun because now they're going to take me over in a side room and put one of those needles in there. And I don't know if their needles are clean and uh, or they're going to want money. And usually money talks everywhere you go. Money talks. And so I got up to the counter and I saw that lady standing there with a big red cross on the front of a white dress. And I know she's the one that's going to tackle me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in deep kimchi here. So I'm saying, oh, God. And so I laid my passport down and they said, you don't have a, a yellow fever vaccination. I said, yeah, I know. And that's it. Now, just They went ahead and stamped my passport. They said, now you've got to uh, take care of this. You've got to get this yellow fever vaccination. And so I looked over at that nurse, and suddenly she was talking to someone else at that time. So I just did the Pink Panther. I just went right around, and I started walking right on in. See, like that. The pastor had me, Ben Musa had me on one arm. We walked right on in there. And I heard her say, stop. We walk a little faster. We walk a little faster. We got inside. There was a big pole in there, and I got behind that pole so that she couldn't, so they couldn't see me. And they caught Pastor Ben Musa. They took our, and then he came and got my passport. Took our passports. And as I'm standing there, I said, "Oh God, I don't, I can't think of anything that would displease or anything I need to repent of." Uh, but I do know that I love everybody right now. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I didn't have any enemies right then. I tell you, I was clean. 
And I'm standing there, and I'm saying, oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Pretty soon, that man that was on the plane with me, that we had struck up a friendship, he came walking by, and he said, hey, how are you doing? I said, hey, my friend, we're not doing so good. I need some help here. He said, what's the matter? I said, they've got my passport. I didn't get a yellow fever vaccination, and now I don't know what they're going to do with me. He said, who, who has your passport? I said, those folks, those right over there. And there were three of them over there. And he walks over there, and he says, uh, you see that white man over there? It wasn't hard because I was the only one that was white. <laughs> and I know a little bit about uh, minority there, you know. I'm in, the, in another land, and not all that. It's a whole different culture and rules and laws. And so he, he said, you see that man? They said, yeah. He said, he's preaching for Dr. Uh, hoopla, hookamo, whatever, shy. Uh, and he said the guy's name, who is a friend to the president. And their eyes got big. He said, now give me the passport. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't preaching for that man. But I wasn't the one that was doing the talking. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't lying. <laughs> he, was, I, he was the one that was, was making up the story. But I thank God for him. And he, he said... You know, God has ways and means that we don't know about. Amen. And these days, we better let the Holy Ghost help us some. And he said, he's preaching for him. Give me the passports. And I took, he brought the passports over, and I said, thank you, God, for your mercy. Amen. The next time I went in, I had vaccination, though. I want to close with this. Saul of Tarsus is an enemy of the church. And after his conversion, he... Is Jesus puts him in the ministry. And it's here that he said, I thank God uh, for who I was. And thank God I remember where I came from. We should never forget where we came from. Amen. And he says, I literally thank God who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor. I injured people. There are hundreds and thousands of people across this land that injure people, wife batterers and uh, incest and abuse and all these terrible things, that pe baggage that people have because of that. And in another place, Paul said, I was a murderer. Then he says something that's very powerful. I obtained mercy. Wherever I see mercy is involved, heaven stops. God have mercy. Angels stop. Jesus stops. And so it is uh, that God's he, he, given him mercy. There are two men who went to church. One of them was a goody-goody, and the other one was a low-down sinner. The goody-goody guy, he said, oh, I've been good, and I thank you, Lord. I'm not like these other people. I fast twice a week. I give tithe of all I possess. I'm good. I'm good. Don't you see it? I'm good. The other man, the Bible says, wouldn't even lift up his head. And Jesus said... He bowed his head and smote on his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that man cried for mercy, and he went down justified and saved. Even church people. Now, you don't have to. Even people who've been faithful in tithing and giving and faithful in church and doing good things still need God's mercy. We cannot demand something that he owes us something. We still need his mercy. David is one of the best examples in the Old Testament. And just listen to these pronouns and then we're going to pray. 
He says here, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepared, hast prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And then notice, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Folks, I tell you, we will see wonders and signs and doors that are open that no man can close as long as we remember it's the mercy of God that keeps us in tandem with the Holy Spirit, that we would never think, well, I'm good and I deserve. No, we're here because of his mercy tonight. And how many of us have done uh, something that we're ashamed of or we didn't tell the truth or we didn't follow through. I know that there are some, you, you, they'll say, I'll pray for you, but do we really pray for that person or just kind of blow it off? And I heard uh, Ann Graham Lotz preach and uh, overseas and she said, slander, and I'm just going to touch on this one sin, slander is saying the truth about somebody that would make that person you're talking to or I'm talking to think less of them. I never knew that. It's saying the truth, but it's to make someone that you're talking to think less of that person. I'm telling you, we'd get a lot more from God if we just knew we need His mercy.